Welcome back to the conversation that started in episode 5 on Good Light. In this part, we start to talk about flash, strobe, and light modifiers. This is episode 6 of the Shutter Count Podcast. Um, I think I, I, I like how we covered the natural light. And I know you guys right away got into talking about flash. I'm ready to get into the flash if you are. Sure. You guys ready to talk about flash a little bit? Okay. So um, when it comes to, so now I, I want to talk about myself a little bit as far as like moving from natural light to flash. Uh, I remember a long time ago, uh, similar to what, to what happened with Steve. Um, from going from uh, TTL to manual on a flash. Of course, uh, there's nothing wrong with TTL, as you mentioned before, Sam. Um, but I know that I started with uh, TT. I started with TTL, and I kept getting that uh, super flash look. You know, of course, no details, right? Flattened image, strong shadow on the back of somebody. You know, if they're standing close to a wall. Of course, my flash was sitting right on top of the camera. I didn't have that ability at first. Didn't even think about that ability at first of, hey, I want to be able to fire this remotely. Um, but after a while, I started to think about that and think about, I need to expand um, my tool set a little bit so I can get this um, this flash off of my camera. Uh, do you want to talk about like some of these like simple tips when it comes to uh, working with flash? and um, Or do you have anything in mind when it comes to working flash for, for beginners, people who might be starting out trying to get good light with flash? Are you asking myself or Steven? This goes out to the room. So anyone who's ready to talk. Sure. <laughs> I say ladies first. I mean, oh, thank you. So, so chivalrous. Um, okay. So my, so, okay. For me, I don't like images that look overly flashed for the most part. I mean, I've done some senior images where I've wanted that look. And so I went for it. But for the most part, I try to make them look um, pretty natural. But what I would say is... Uh, what I like to do is shoot for your background first, and this is probably what you guys do also. So you get the exposure that you want your environment to be, and then you can add in your flash to start to brighten your subject. That's probably the easiest thing to do. Now, it's really easy to uh, over flash in this situation and get those images that look really that heavy flashed look. Um, so I think you have to be careful of how you expose your background. If you really are trying to pull that, that blue, blue sky, uh, and you make it really dark, your subject is going to look really flashed. So I try to do a nice balance, um, so it doesn't quite look like that way. But in any case, I always start with my background first before I bring in flash. And then I start to slowly bring in the flash and I start where I think it will be, um, and then adjust the flash accordingly based on that. I sort of been doing it for so long. I, I usually have a pretty good idea where to start at this point. And then it's, so it's a quick thing. I think when I first started out, it would take a bit of time of figuring out like, you know, do I need, you know, full power, half power, quarter power, you know, and sort of adjusting it along the way. But for me, that was the easiest thing to do was to just break it into two parts, you know, background first, then adding flash for the subject. And um, I, I I do I do a similar thing too. I always try to get my you know my background to come in, and then I expose. I use the flash to expose my subject. Uh, and then one mistake I made when I first got flash my, my speed light. I, like I said earlier, when I uh, I was quickly disappointed with <laughs> the results I was getting with my speed light. I I actually had it. I, I didn't touch it for 
maybe a year or over a year because I was just afraid to to use it. It was just ruining all my photos. And the one mistake I found is uh, most people are first time users uh, when it comes to speedlight or other strobes, they they as soon as they put it on the camera, uh, they they turn it on and they start shooting, you know. Um, or they may have it in TTL mode, which again we said is it's not really bad. It has its advantages, but uh, you don't want to just dash, you know, flooding your subject with light. You want to be able to. What, what exactly do you want to do with that light? Um, you are you trying to um, overexpose your in your your subject to for some artistic reasons or just what exactly are you trying to do? So you have to think of that. You don't want to just turn on the flash and start shooting. So. I always uh, encourage people to keep, you know, put the flash on, but don't turn it on. Get your exposure right. Or, and, and sometimes if I wanted to blend with the natural light, um, I try to get my camera, I try to let my camera get me the best exposure possible or close enough or maybe slightly uh, underexposed. And then I use the flash to, 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 to help, but I try not to overpower it so that everything blends in naturally. Now, do you guys use modifiers on your flashes? I love modifiers. I love modifiers. I have so many. It's um, I have the gas syndrome with modifiers. So. <laughs> I just have one go-to. <laughs> I just have one that I love. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I try not to have gas syndrome, and I, d I don't with modifiers, but I'm about to. Um, <laughs> so I understand what Steve's talking about. Because um, for me, what I learned and so just talking about my, my journey for a little bit is that um, so I had I had to flash on my camera and then I wanted to figure out a way of getting getting it off uh, the camera and I'm trying to remember a uh, young Nua of course so I had the uh, Nikon SB 700 and uh, I but I, I was shooting that with a D3200 and the D3200 uh, had no way of controlling that flash remotely and so I uh, bought the Yangnuo uh, remote system that I can control, that I can put the flash into, control it, put another module at a remote on top of the camera. And when, so I was able to now take it off. But my problem was I still was using this small flash with no modifier. And it wasn't, it wasn't until after doing a little bit of studying, kind of like how you mentioned before, Sam, uh, getting on YouTube and uh, looking at uh, what can I do to improve these shots. And then I, I discovered the world of modifiers. And I realized it was that um, my light source relative to my subject was totally small. And so I was getting those, those crazy harsh shadows. Um, personally, for me, when it comes to the images that I like the most and the images that um, I love that I, I produce, uh, even other photographers that they produce, I love it when I see those nice soft shadows, that um, soft fall off of the light. Um, I, I just love that look. And so I bought the um, Impact, 28-inch uh, uh, Impact. Um, they call that their, they call it their, I think their folding beauty yeah. dish. Yeah, beauty dish, yeah. They've, yeah. I have one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I and I love that beauty dish. I mean, once I bought it, started experimenting with it, um, took it on like five shots, uh, five portrait sessions back to back to back, and it was just getting like better and better and better shots with it every time. So I've fallen in love with that. I also have something else. I can't remember who makes this other modifier, but I don't take that one outside a lot because it's like, it's huge. Um, but I, I right now, I'm, I am uh, exclusively working with uh, speed lights right now. 
Um, and what I'm waiting to upgrade to is to a, a more powerful light, like something um, like what Godox has with the 80, at least 200 uh, or maybe even a, a 600. Um, because I fell in love with this idea of um, just working with speed lights. And I really love working with speed lights and bringing lights there. But once I got into this uh, falling in love with the, that, the light that that can bring, I now want to overpower the sun. <laughs> yeah, you need and stronger so, lights. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't. I, if I'm going to be working with um uh, lights, I don't want to have to still be um stuck in the the time frame of a natural light photographer of having because you know with speed lights, and that's another thing with, that you have to keep in mind with speed lights. Speed lights will give you that you know that look that you're looking for. You know, when it comes to uh, that little touch of light, um, sharp, I, I love it, what it does to the images, making images like, you know, bringing a little bit more punchiness to it. I myself like to bring light to it without making it look like there was light there. Um, but I still, with the speed light, am having to find shadow, having to wait for the sun to drop down because I cannot overpower that sunlight with those uh, small lights. Yeah, I truly, um, I had that issue because I was... Um I was, you know, doing off flash, and I'm, unless you do off flash, sometimes it helps. But you know, when the sun is out, I mean, that sun is really powerful. You, you need something <laughs> really strong to overpower. So I had to go to, I got the Godox, uh, the the six hundred, the eighty six hundred, the Manwa one, um, and that thing is so much powerful. And I was, I, it, it just it's a little heavy because it comes with the battery pack in it already. But recently, I went to the AD200, which is, it looks like a speed light, but it has the, the bare bulb. Um, and so you can pop it into uh, any um, Bowen's mount and you can you can get like just 500, like you get at least 500 shots from just that one charge. Um, and, you know, I I just love it. It's, it's able to help you to overpower this, you know, the sun and really bring out your subject. Uh, but on, on another thing I wanted to bring it um, to the attention of our listeners is that uh, one thing that people always try to do is point the speed light directly at their subject. And you may want to avoid doing that. Sometimes it just it has advantages. Sometimes if you just want to bring a little catch light into your eyes, you, maybe you may have, have to turn down the power really low just to get that catch light in your eyes if you point it directly at them. But most of the time you want to point it or bounce it off a ceiling or, you know, something with maybe a white ceiling you don't want to bounce it off like a, a, a are you a talking about or... bear your bear flash or are you talking about your modified flash uh just flash flash in general oh see i i'm i have my modifier aimed right at my subject all the time so i differ from you there oh like like if you're trying to use say like a speed light like speed light in general most people yep, when they start speed... yep my, my speed light when it's in the modifier is aimed right at my subject Yes, yes, I, I I do that because you know the light is softer and it does it's not harsh. Uh, but if you were using like bare flash, that's bare what I was flash. asking. If that's what you meant for bare flash, okay. So bare. Oh flash yeah, yeah. Oh, I misunderstood you. That's okay. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. For bare flash, yeah, you don't you don't want to do that. You want to bounce it off. No, agree. If, if you, you can bounce it off, it off have... a reflector, which works really really well. Exactly, exactly. And um and you may want to be careful to not to bounce it off like a if you bounce it off uh, a certain color it's going to bounce the same color to your subject so that's something else to keep in mind unless you're trying to uh be creative i know i know some photographers out there that um like uh what's that what's the photographer's name uh, Lindsay. Lindsay likes to mix up lights uh, with the with the subject so uh if really you want to be that creative 
You said, oh no, go ahead. I was just saying I oh, have a, a funny story about bouncing light into a something like that, but I'll tell it after you finish. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm I'm done. Um, so I I was uh shooting in a small room, and I was bouncing the light off of a wall. This is when I really didn't know anything about light, and I thought the picture looked great, and I shared it in a photography group on Facebook, and somebody says, "Oh." You have you have uh, an orange or a peach wall in your house, and and I had this accent <laughs> wall, and that's what I had. And I was like, "Whoa, you're a ma- awesome. I was like, "You're a magician. How did you know that?" And he was like, "Well, it's all over your it's all over their skin, you know." And it's a funny thing when you first start out, you don't necessarily have the the eye to see some of these things. Um, and you know, I look back years later at some of those images, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, how did I not see that?" But yeah, I mean. You know, you're going to reflect those colors, just like Stephen said, into your subject. So, yeah, that just made me think of that story. I was like, wow, that guy knew my wall color and the wall wasn't even in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's an excellent point, actually. I, I No, I, I like that because I like I think when you first start playing around with Flash, uh, maybe you pick up some of the tips of, hey, um, make the source, make the source of the light bigger. So you need to bounce it. Um, but I think I think that goes back to what we we're talking about, even using a shade under a tree of like paying attention to these small details. I think a lot of times when you're first experimenting with these lessons that you're learning, um, yeah, it does take a while to get an eye for that because I, I know I've made that very same mistake as well. Um, a, a, another mistake that I made that's like that um, is that I've uh, pointed the flash uh, directly up at the ceiling, which isn't bad, right? Especially if you have a nice white ceiling. Um, but this was during a reception and the reception room had some portions of the ceiling was white, which is great. And other portions of the ceiling was black (laughs) and then other portions, not so great at all. (laughs) Wow. And then in those, in the black portions of the ceiling, there were bits of, um, mirror, right? So as, so I'm, I'm going and I'm shooting and, um, again, this goes along the line of these lessons that you learn real time, you know, that really affect you. So you always pay attention to this moving forward. So as I'm going, I'm shooting, I'm shooting. And, you know, it could be that I was just standing underneath the white piece of ceiling and then I'm reviewing and I'm looking and I, and I saw great. The flash settings are right where I want them to be. Uh, my camera settings are right where I want them to be. Let me just go ahead and keep shooting because these, all of these shots are going to come out great. So as I'm shooting around, of course, you guys know what's happening. As I'm walking around and shooting the guest, I'm happening to find myself under dark bits of the ceiling and then happen to find myself under these uh, the mirror bits of the ceiling. And when I got home and started reviewing, uh, I'm asking, I'm thinking to myself, like, what what is happening with these images? Some of these <laughs> images are like, you know, wonderfully exposed. Others, you know, sometimes and in other images, it's underexposed. And in other images, I'm just seeing this like weird light patterns just blasting across the subjects. And I don't know what's happening. But it, it wasn't until I, I, I really thought about that. I said, you know what, that that ceiling, that ceiling got me. And it, it was um, I was watching like a YouTube video where someone was uh, did mention that very thing. And it, it that brought that back to my mind to say that's exactly what was happening with me as well. So it's something to think about. That's why I use the flash bender. Avoid all that altogether. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I um, I use the the mag mod. I love them, but you know they they have the one with the bounce, the mag bounce. It can make you look crazy though, like you know when the people see you with uh, this big white, uh, you know reflector on top of your speed light. 
uh, but it, it creates nice images. And, you know, you may keep wondering why we keep talking about modifiers because another thing to keep in mind is that you have to know the limitations of your strobes or your speed lights. Um, some, you know, you know, they, they all have different um, ability, you know, different power out, you know, output power. Um, some can give more power, some some very low power. So you have to know once you know your the limitations of your speed lights. If you remember, uh, some Sam said she's been able to, you know, she can quickly kind of eyeball what settings to use, and, and so that all came from also knowing the limitations of her her strobes. Once you know that, you'll be able to know. Okay, if I give this amount of power, I can get this amount of light and from it. So it's good to know that. And if in if if it's you know your speed light is underpowered, you know then modifiers tend to help. They tend to take that little light and you know they can modify that light and make it much bigger and softer, and, you know, to help make your image more flattering. So something else to keep in mind. Okay, so now this brings me to I want to ask about these modifiers uh, specifically. Um, Sam, you mentioned the flash bender. Yes. Um, and so what got you to that? And, and I'm, I'm assuming you still use it to this day. So I only use it for event photography. Uh, I, mm -hmm. when I was second shooting weddings, a wedding photographer turned me on to it. Uh, ironically, he doesn't use it anymore, but I still do. Um, you know, when you're in an event space where the ceiling is too high to actually be able to bounce, which happens a lot when you're in big venues, um, or if you've got black ceilings or gold ceilings or mirrored whatever you know the the rogue flash bender i use the small one you can actually uh it's you can bend it as the name suggests and uh, what i do is i sort of bend the top part so that the light hits that and then shoots forward and the benefit of that is that you have a longer reach with your light and also it's less harsh than putting a straight flash onto someone because it's bounced light um and so I, I also still use my flash in manual mode when I'm using this. So I'm kind of uh, very rapidly adjusting. I don't re necessarily recommend, you know, for event photography, TTL probably does work better, but it's just what I'm used to. But I'm always uh, quickly adjusting my flash. I, I sort of know at this point that if I'm aiming for someone that's, you know, 20 feet away, that I need to pump my flash a little higher versus someone who's right in front of me, I'll, you know, hit the button and... and reduce my flash output but um i love the flash bender i think it's fantastic i i had a an event in this really crazy space and everything was black the walls were black the ceilings were black uh it was like this very gothic location it was a a college uh senior hired me for like a some kind of party and if I had not had my flash bender with me, it would have been a whole different ballgame. But I got great shots, um, and it was p definitely because of that. Um, they make small um, little soft boxes for flashes too, speed lights. But I don't like that as much because you can't really uh, send the light out at a great distance like you can with the flash bender. So that's my take on that. That's what I use. Okay, and Steve, I know I'm I'm familiar with the uh, mag bounce because I have one as well. Uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, um, I like the mag mode. It's and the reason why I like it is because um, it, uh, the reason why I like the mag mode is because uh, of the magnetic. It has the you know you can easily quickly change modifiers instantly. Um, most some modifiers uh, have uh, 
velcros and especially when you're doing weddings it can delay you uh when you have to change modifiers they can be a problem or or if you have to change speed lights or you know or, or use another strobe but with the mag mod you just you know once you put that magnetic um cover that they have the rubber it's just as it's just um as easy as taking your modifier and just attaching onto it and it just clips onto it so um i don't i want to ask you a question about that because this is something i feel about the now i've never used a flash bender um but with the mag mod and the diff the, the specific one i have is the mag bounce uh do you find that it warms up your photos it does it does warm it up uh, i did a wedding uh two years ago uh denver colorado and we we're going to be outside and it was going to be cloudy and i just i was traveling i just i didn't want to bring you know i didn't i couldn't carry reflectors because i was traveling with my family and my my backpack was already heavy with camera gear so the mag bounce came really handy and the thing about the mag bounce is even though you um you don't have to use it with like off flash um like if you want to do off flash photography you can actually have it on the camera and it can really throw a lot of light. I mean, really, really far. That's right. that's the one thing I do like about it. And it tends to warm it up. I did notice that when I when I, I bought it into post because I, I like to warm up my portraits. It's it's more appealing, to, you know, appealing to the eye. So, but when I brought it into Lightroom, I noticed it was already, you know, they were warmer. I mean, it was perfect. I didn't have to do much to it. So for me, I um, I use a manual white balance when I'm shooting. And uh, that's what made me realize that the Mac bounce was warming them up because I had a bunch of photos that were right where I wanted them to be. And then when I started using the Mac bounce and, you know, when I brought in a post, I, you know, I was asking myself, why are these shots so warm now? And I realized it was the Mac bounce that was doing it. Um, again, like I said, I never use a flash bender, but I think I call it advantage or disadvantage. I think it depends on what flash you're using. Because uh, I know when I'm using, I have a when I'm using my Nikon flash, um, the mag bounce and the mag mod system the, on top of that camera feels so heavy um, that the the my flash a lot of times will drop on me. Now it doesn't happen as much with the Nikon as it does with I have a Yangnuo flash as well. So the Yangnuo flash, the the joints aren't as stiff on it. And it, it just constantly drops on me because of the weight of that mag mod. And I was thinking that the flash bender, at least just for that specific, you know, feature of weight would be better in that case, because sometimes it does get annoying as I'm shooting. I'm actually laughing because I, I had um, uh, the same experience. I mean, it kept, so I had to, I actually kept, you know, it kept, you know, like uh, flipping, you know, the or kept folding my speed lights and i was just annoyed it was just annoyed by that so i had to you know like flip turn the head other the other way and flip the mag the mag bounce uh. so it stopped it stopped flipping it you know it was okay but it's it's it, it can get heavy that's the one thing i do not like about the the the, the mag bounce um but the one the one thing i'm yet to try is the mag what's the other one it's it's the one that looks like the Gary the Fox. Maxphere. Maxphere. Yeah, I would never be able to get anytime I mm -hmm. go to the camera store, it's out of stock. So <laughs> I gave up on it, but I'm I'm yeah. yet to get that one. I was I was curious about that one too, but um around the time that so when I was making I thought I was gonna be doing like a lot more event photography. 
And so that's why I was um, interested in get the Max Fair as well. But then when I started, um, when I when I shot a, a senior portrait and then started getting more into, um, I guess, uh, model model portraits. So you know, people were maybe looking for images for Instagram or or, or able to, or wanting to add to their portfolio to um, start working with an agency. Um, I I just started forgetting about these um, on camera flash modifiers and just start thinking more about you know. Uh, other type of modifiers, you know, that's going to be off of my camera. Uh, and, and I think that puts us into a good part of this episode as well. To t- I want to talk about that a little bit too, because um, Sam, you mentioned your, what, what was a modifier that you said you really love using? For my flash? Yeah, for your flash. Um, the um, You said a Westcott. The, oh, yes. The Westcott Rapid Box. So it's a 26 inch um uh, it's like an octo, it's like an octobox kind of, and it has a um, an attachment that I that I use, which is a beauty dish attachment, which is an additional like twenty bucks you can get, and that goes inside. So you've got this beauty dish inside, and then this um, this really nice soft box uh, with with the beauty dish, and it just really gives really beautiful light, and it's really easy to you know use. Okay, so he says 26 inches and you're driving that with a speed light or are you driving that with something bigger than that? Uh, no, my speed light. But I, I use the okay. um, the speed lights that I really use are the Adorama brand. The um, Oh, wait, I have one right here. I'm blanking on the name. I actually pulled um, it out I because I knew you were going to ask me. Oh, Flashpoint. <laughs> Flashpoint, Flashpoint. yeah. Flashpoint. Okay. Yeah, so the Flashpoint system is basically a uh, copy off the Godox system. So it looks mm-hmm. exactly the same. Um, I, I actually think they're a little cheaper. I think I paid like eighty bucks for my flash, and it has a built-in, um, a, a built-in receiver, and I just needed the transmitter for my camera. Um, it's actually a really great flash system. I love it, and it's really powerful. Um, it's fantastic, and that combined with the Westcott for me is like a really great combination. Yeah, I mean Westcott makes. So you know- I just wanted to say to that point, you know, Flashpoint and Godox. Um, I used to say Godox, but is it Godox? Not, I keep hearing this. It's Godox, yeah. Um, they're it's actually the same company. So it's a, they're they've it's the one company, and when Godox sells their in the past, at least when they were selling their um, what they were making uh, their their flashes or strobes through Adorama, they were rebranding them to Flashpoint. I don't know why they were doing that, but um, that that is the case. So. Uh, they're they're actually all the same, exactly the same. Just yeah, they look exactly they them. look exactly the same. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that's I mean, what so that's what I use. I use the Flashpoint system. Okay, I love that system actually. Yeah. Oh, Steve, you want? Yeah, say I mean, I was I was that? a young Noah fan, but then young Noah wasn't just they weren't, you know, give you know being you know, releasing you know more. Um, yeah, same. Better, better I w- same. They yeah, couldn't right. keep up. They couldn't keep up, so I like I, I discovered Godox, and that was heaven. It's like what, this is what I've been looking for. And the light is amazing, and and then I you know you combine it. I have a um, Westcott makes really good modifiers. I have uh, the Westcott uh, Apollo. I, I started with Apollo Orb, um, and I love the light. The only thing is that sometimes you can't angle your modifier because you are you limited by the the light stand, but. Um, the rapid box, then it's really, really a great. I have one of those. It's a really great um, modifier. But the Godox system is, I mean, it's it's amazing. I have the, like I said, I have the eighty two hundred. Um, 
you, know, you can put that Flash, you can put it flashpoint makes a comparable one i don't know what it's called but it's definitely on my wish list because i i right now i'm stuck using the alien bees and i i uh i definitely want that smaller uh footprint so i'm jealous that you've got that <laughs> yeah i got that it's 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 amazing it's it can literally get into you could slide into your your back pocket it's that small and you have a bear flash i mean a bear a bear bulb flash which spreads the light even more so you put that thing and uh with you know you get like a uh, like I, I usually have a bowens mount um and so i get a, an adapter for it to, to fit with my bowens mount and uh, for my uh, modifiers and just for that little device you can get so much quality light and you don't need to carry because i used to have the 8200 the 8200 i bring it when i have to do big you know maybe big groups and i need that that big power you know i need that key light to be really strong and powerful but since then i haven't touched my 80 80 um, 600 uh, godox it's so i want to ask you guys this question since you both have the same uh, westcott uh, softbox um what is it about that light because you know to stick with the theme of good light of course it's good that we're talking about all this good light from uh, this this equipment made by flashpoint and godox um but what is it about that um that modifier that that makes you stick with it i don't know i don't know if it's you know i think the shape has something to do with it i think the fact that well i don't know if steven has the beauty dish attachment or not um steven do you have that yeah is, is it the one that kind of slides in the in the pole like it's is this, this the circle the circular uh, there's a screw and you um you screw it in it's like a a plate like a, a silver yeah a little plate. plate a silver plate yep yes i have those I, I I just don't I don't know if it is the they just make good quality quality modifiers I don't know if it is the uh what's what do you call it the um... I think it has to do with the shape and also the distance for the spread like it's a very narrow I mean you you see some of these deep octo octoboxes and then you see some of these more mm-hmm. shallow octoboxes I don't know what it is about this particular light but uh, the distance from the um, like the skirt where you you know whatever that thing's called that you that you cover the you cover that's what i was thinking yeah yeah the um i can't i'm blanking on the name of it but uh, with the velcro right yeah the the piece that you put on the end we're so um, i forgot right? the I name of even, it yeah I, um i think <laughs> i always call it a sock but yes. i don't know if, but i'm pretty sure that's not the <laughs> right you know terminology. i've heard other people call it a sock too yeah so, so i i we'll go with that all right so the distance between the the the, the actual speed light and the sock i think is has to do with it too. I don't know. It just does produce really beautiful light. I think the shape has something to do with it. I have a deep octa that's similar. I think it's a 24 inch, so it's slightly smaller. And it just, it doesn't produce the same quality of light as that octabox that the uh, Westcott, I mean, and there's a big difference in price. There's, it's, they're close, but it's not quite, you know, I think the Westcott I'm so rocket glad box. You said that. Yeah. The Westcott I think is like $170. And then the other one that I have, that's really similar, but it's deep octa. I think I paid 25 bucks for 30 bucks for, um, so I hate to say it, but you know, I did, even though it's $170 for a flash modifier to me, it was like the best money spent because I use it on 90% of my shoots. So now I'm curious between those two, do they both have the same color lining? Are they both uh, white or silver? What's the color Um, lining? The Octa, the, the deep Octa is silver. Actually, maybe they do actually have the same. They're all silver. Yeah. They're both silver. They are both silver. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that, well, that's curious. I'm glad to hear you say that uh, because I was very curious about a deep octa, but 
Um, so I'm gonna talk about my, my so my impact, my 28 inch impact, uh, the beauty dish. It's yeah, it's so shallow because it is a folding beauty dish. It's trying to mimic that same look, and um, I, yeah, I think there's something um about that distance. Uh, now I remember I was doing a research on on this light. Um, this is going to take me into sort of um, Steve, what you were talking about when it comes to the 8200s, right? And the fact that it has that bulb, um, because when I got to the point of knowing that I want to modify this light, I don't want the light to be harsh. I want to get a bigger um, light source when it comes to my subject. Um, I And I knew that I wanted to use the Bowens mount, right? So I got a Bowens mount adapter um, for my flash and I'm putting it in there. Um, one of the other things is that, um, that I know matters. Um, now I can't say between uh, your two different brands, Sam, of what's going on there. Um, but I, but I know that, that, that lining, uh, material does matter if it's a white, if it's a white lining, it helps to, um, have a, it's not as punchy. You need to make, you're making a, me want to have to go look now. I don't know. Now I'm thinking maybe that <laughs> the deep octave might be white. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. I, I, I just know like, you know, silver light's supposed to be a little bit, um, punchier, um, than, than the white light. And then also, um, but now this comes to what Steve was talking about as far as the 8200. And this is something that I think it's good to keep in mind um, when modifying these lights as well, is that when you're putting a flash, now flash is great. Um, it can work real good, you know, with these modifiers that we're talking about. Of course, you don't want the modifier to get too big because um, the flash having that flat bulb or that flat, I don't know how, how these speed lights are, that flat front it's mainly throws light right out in front of it right so it's more narrow exactly it's it's a it's a narrow throw um that's the advantage of of having those 8200s of having an actual bulb on it because it's it's throwing light more um in a wider uh wider it's a wider throw and it's allowing um more of the modifier to catch that light and throw it forward um but of course you know that's that's just something that that that's another reason why I really think that 8200 is like, you know, great to have. But, um, but just something to think about with these uh, modifiers as well. You're going to get like a different quality of lights out of them based on the lining and then based on on the, the, the equipment you're using, of course, as far as the flash. What I tend to do with my flash and I don't know if it works. Uh, well, actually, I'll say this. It works for me because I've experimented with this. I don't know if you guys have done this um, as well. Um, so since I have uh, the flash is zoomable, when I put my flash in a modifier, I zoom it. I don't say in or out. I think out to make the make it wider, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I zoom it out as much as it can go all the way, just so it's, I'm trying to make the with the light that is thrown wider, so more of that um, light can be caught and thrown forward, you know, on the subject that I'm trying to shoot. And I think like for anyone that's listening that happens to be experimenting with speed lights and throwing it in a modifier, I think it's kind of good to do because um, I actually took a picture of um, of the front of my modifier to, to take a look and to see what was going on, what was happening. Because the impact has that same sort of uh, beauty dish attachment inside uh, that catches the light and bounces it back into the uh, material before it throws it forward. And I noticed that when my flash was zoomed all the way in with the narrow beam and I took a picture of the front of it, like with my camera, um, I noticed that 
I wasn't seeing the whole surface of the, that front sock light up as much as when I zoomed it all the way out to get a wider beam and I'm seeing the, the sock light up even, even more, more evenly and a lot more uh, in the end casting a better light on the subject. And I, and I did the same thing with uh, photo uh, photographing a model that I had, zoomed it in, took a picture, zoomed it out, took a picture and realized, wow, it's better to have the wider, the widest throw that your stroke, that your speed light can do. Um, because then you're using more of the modifier and it's helping to get that better, um, stronger light, softer light on the person you're trying to expose for. Yeah, I think I have one of those. Uh, I have one of those uh, impact. I have the bigger one. The, don't they have like a 40, 43 or 32, uh, 34, something like that. I have, I have one of those and it's. Uh, yeah, they have they have three sizes. They do have three sizes. Um yeah. The, the only thing, the only negative... Now, I, I I think the Westcott's are great. I have no experience with the Westcott's. Um, and I think the Westcott's is where you want to be. I got the Impacts because of their price. <laughs> because oh. they're like uh, $50, right? Or $45 I mean, I, I, even I like use for them that 28-inch. I've used... They're small and they are very portable. I've used them on photo shoots and they're amazing. If you can... If you, if you can get um, like something like a Godox 8200 8, in there... Um, yeah. 8200, not 82. I keep saying the 8200 in there, it can create some amazing light. It's it's white on the inside, but whatever socks they have on the front really makes that light really soft. So if you're on the budget, that that's not a bad uh, beauty dish to use. Yeah, and I agree. The only the only downside to them, I think they do they kick out great light. The only downside I will say that I've heard um, other people write about in reviews is that um, they're not built so well and and i experienced this personally because now i have to buy another one <laughs> because i was i was on a shoot with someone and uh I, I get maybe i am i myself am also a little bit of a daredevil at times is that i did not have um my my stand weighted down but i didn't think i really needed to it wasn't the wind wasn't really blowing that that badly i mean you know those uh the modifier isn't that big so i didn't think it would catch the wind that much um, and I was using my my speed light. Not that I wanted it to fall, but I thought if it falls, it's such a lightweight thing. It doesn't matter. I can just pick this thing back up and keep going. Uh, during the shoot, it fell, and it it broke two of the the plastic. Um, I don't know what you call those tongs or uh, uh, whatever, like the plastic bits in the umbrella portion. Uh, broke. Yeah, the rods. Yeah, broke right off, and I was really disappointed by that. Um, and when I got online, uh, of course I wanted to buy another one because I really like those. I really like those modifiers. But when I went online, I was looking at the reviews cause you know, I was seeing other people were complaining about the same thing about the shabby build, you know, it's unfortunate, but for this show, I think we covered a good gamut. I think we talked a lot about the natural light and, you know, our experimentation and learning of, uh, that light and a good time to shoot and certain things to look out for. And then even bringing in the speed lights and then stepping up to modifiers. Um, I think this is a kind of a good place to end. I mean, do you guys have anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to good light? I would just say, you know, yeah, same thing. Just get out there and practice. And, you know, if you've got friends that have some of these modifiers, go try them out and, and see what you like before you, if you have the opportunity to test things out before you buy them so you don't suffer from gas syndrome gear acquisition <laughs> syndrome it's really easy to want to buy everything because you know you've got one photographer who's fantastic and he'll take a picture using that modifier and you're like oh all i need is that modifier to take these amazing pictures and 
really it's sort of a little bit of everything. So, um, you know, it's your understanding of, you know, the light, your understanding of, um, you know, your camera, your understanding of, I mean, of composition. And so I would say, you know, maybe if you have the ability to test out a few, you should do that. Um, Otherwise, I think we covered everything. I think we covered a lot of stuff and hopefully people get some good ideas and want to go out and experiment now. All right, good. Just practice, move the light around, move it left, right, backwards, anything. Just, just don't let anything hold you back. Just practice with the lights. Uh, You are your, you are your own artist and you'll be surprised what you get. Yeah. That's good advice. Totally agree. So uh, to everyone listening, please get out there, keep shooting, keep practicing. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Thank you for listening uh, to this episode uh, five of Shutter Count. Welcome back, uh, please, again to uh, listen listen to our next episode. Um, Thank you for welcoming uh, Sam as well. Uh, Sam, uh, thank you for being here. I think you um, have like a great um, a great bit of knowledge uh, to add to the show as well. Well, And just as a reminder, just as a reminder, uh, Stephen, where can everyone find you? Uh, Instagram captured by Stephen underscore photography or captured by Stephen.com and same thing on Facebook and Sam Uh, Instagram is CT uh, underscore photographer and Facebook is Samantha Annette photography and my Instagram is Team Hall Photo my website is teamhallphoto.com this was another episode of Shutter Count talk to you soon Thank you.